Oh, yeah. I'm Benjamin Dennis. I'm John Hinton. And we are absolutely thrilled, stoked, ecstatic to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation. We're talking sports. We're talking NC State. Keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest in all the packed sports. How was your fall break? It was good. Got to spend some time with family. Uh, went to the Louisville game. Yeah, Go Pack. I, I missed it, but that was a good game. It was an awesome game. Uh, good fall break, though. How was yours? Oh, mine was pretty good. My brother's birthday and my mom's birthday fell within fall break, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah, I went bowling. <laughs> I, had, I had a really, really good time. So, John, what is on the docket for today's show? We're definitely going to talk some men's and women's soccer for NC State. Um, we're going to talk some softball. Some NC State baseball, some tennis, men's and women's, rifle, wrestling, volleyball. Got a lot on the docket today. Um, definitely going to talk some pack football after that big win against Louisville on mm-hmm. Thursday night. Got a game coming up, too. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely going to talk some Panthers. Uh, they play tomorrow night. Um, probably going to talk a little bit of NFL, too. Uh, maybe some Hornets and some MLB playoffs. So we got a lot to get through today, but... We're going to try to get all the greatest and latest of sports to you. Yep, and so we're going to open today's program, keeping you up to date with men's soccer. Uh, a note about the soccer team, uh, they are all-around athletes, uh, includes academics. The men's soccer team earned the United Student S- athletes. Yep, they earned the United States Coaches Academic Award for the ninth straight season. And what that is is just acknowledgement that as a team, they averaged a 3.0 GPA or better. And to do that for nine straight years shows tremendous ability and commitment for these guys having to balance that athletic schedule with academics as well. Yeah, it shows a great coaching staff, honestly. They care about their players um, athletically, but also in the classroom as well. Yep, that's... Which is the whole point of being a student athlete. Just killing it in those non-revenue sports. Mm -hmm. Speaking of killing it, so NC State has struggled on the road this season. Yes. So they picked up their first road victory of the year when they went over to Syracuse and had a 2-1 win, led by uh, two goals from senior captain Julius Ducherer. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a good game. We scored both goals in the first half. Uh, Julius scored in the first half. He scored in the seventh minute and the 27th minute. Um, Syracuse had a penalty kick in the second half, but it missed. So Yeah, and then they, they scored in the 52nd minute, so... Actually, State. I'm sorry. They didn't miss uh, our goalie, Leon Krapp. He uh, made a great save in the 86th minute on a deflected shot and saved um, the penalty kick. Yeah, And that shot in the 86th preserved the 2-1 victory. If they had scored there, it would have had a draw potentially in overtimes. So the pack held tight for the last 48 minutes of that game. And uh, the goals uh, in the first half in the seventh minute, there was a clearing pass attempted by Syracuse, and Manny Perez blocked it, and the ball carried to Addy Taiwo. Who had it was a really s- slick exchange. It was like three one touch passes from Taiwo to Tanner Roberts back to Ducherer, who just pinpoint placed a, a, a shot into the right corner of the goal. This is beautiful it, soccer. Yeah, beautiful it, soccer. It was really yeah. good to watch. You can see mm-hmm. all those highlights if you uh, follow them on Twitter. I think they're at Pac Men's Soccer. Yeah, it's really good. So they got the victory. It's another win in ACC play, exactly. which is a great conference. So that's good. Yeah, and so they the the brings them to two three and zero oh in the ACC. With of course, ACC is a really tough conference. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing result later in the week. Uh, they taught they um, they hosted uh, last night. In fact, they hosted South Carolina Upstate, and uh, they played to a zero zero draw. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I know a lot of people tell me they don't enjoy soccer as much. But I mean, we outshot the Spartans fifteen to six and had eleven corner kicks. So 
and still didn't get a goal. Sometimes you yeah. just don't get a break. Yeah, I mean, if it's a 1-0 victory, that could be – it's a game of inches just like any sport is. I mean, I'm sure that it seems like we were really aggressive, but just, you know, things didn't go our way, which, I mean, they're not an ACC team, so it's not as bad as it could be. Yeah, um, the, the goalie for uh, Upstate, uh, C.J. Cluck, had a bunch of saves, including in the overtime had a, a, goal, a save that obviously prevented NC State from picking up the win. <clears throat> yeah, we kind of got tripped in like the 106th minute, and um, I wasn't there, but I heard about it, and I heard that it should have been a penalty, and the referees didn't give us a penalty. So, I mean, it's whatever. It's not an ACC game. Just got to move on and be happy with a draw, especially when you don't score any goals. Yeah, uh, Coach Greg Kiffer uh, said, I told the team that this was a cruel game that we play sometimes. I thought we had four looks where typically one of the guys hits one of those, and uh, the goalie saved it. So we had four good. they had four good shots, and the goalie got it. Moving on to women, uh, the men's soccer, they next play. Speaking of men's soccer, uh, the United States World Cup team failed to qualify, or our national team failed to qualify for the World Cup. I just want to mention that. Hashtag America. But I think quietly. firing Jurgen Klinsmann was the worst thing ever. Hiring a coach who had already failed, not a good decision. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really disappointed. I that, that's I all I want to say about that. <laughs> I didn't like Klinsmann just because he uh, cut Landon Donovan. That was Klinsman a, knew what he was doing. Was he was looking move. twenty years in the future. He knows how to cultivate talent, and it was, we, it was we a bad move. Cut him out of our program, Donovan. But okay. he's from Germany. He knows soccer. <laughs> All right. So the men's soccer hosts number six Virginia this Friday at seven p.m. at Dale Soccer Field. Uh, hopefully, we are able to recapture that magic that we had versus Clemson when we won at home versus a top five opponent. Moving on to women's soccer. Yes. NC State women's team faced their third straight top 25 opponent. ACC, man, I'm telling yeah, you. Third straight top 25 <laughs> opponent, and then they fell 2 to nothing at Duke. Duke had goals in the 37th and 50th minute. Yeah, Duke's the number four team in the country, though. I mean, they have an incredible women's soccer program. Yeah, they only have one loss, and they're undefeated in ACC play. Yeah, scored very near halftime. Uh, they scored in the 37th minute towards the end of the first half, and in the 50th minute uh, near the start of the second half. So... Um, I mean, when you get a two-goal lead, you can just pack it in on defense, yep. and that's what they did pretty much. We struggled to get any shots off in the second half. Yeah, and when asked about facing three straight top 25 opponents, Coach Tim Santoro said, we're fine. We know this in this league you're going to have some tough stretches. Last year we went through a four-game losing streak against four teams that were in the top 20. We still have half of the ACC left with a lot of games at home. We're fully confident that we're going to end up where we want to be at the end of the month. Yeah, I mean, uh, some good news following that game at Duke. Uh, we won 3-2 in Pittsburgh, another ACC team. Uh, that's our second conference win of the season. Uh, even though Pittsburgh's not ranked, eh, I don't think it really matters. An ACC win yeah, is an ACC. ACC win. And it's good to see um, our women's soccer team respond from um, a defeat like that, which can be pretty demoralizing, especially against a really good team. Yeah, I think in that three-game stretch versus really good teams, they were uh, two losses and a tie, so... I think they finally get that W there. It will, they'll, we'll see them get back on track. Could be the turning point in the season. You never know. And so uh, moving on to more uh, non-revenue sports, uh, softball, we talked about them a little bit last week. They just started the year this week, and uh, they hosted uh, – last week they had a win over Duke, and uh, this past week they hosted ECU for a doubleheader, a mid-afternoon game, and then a nightcap. Uh, the first game was a very, very lopsided victory for NC State. They won 8-1. to one. With uh, Car- uh, Cameron Woodall, Peyton Silverman, and Devin Wallace all seeing time in the circle pitching. And uh, the Pack scored five runs in the third inning on four hits to take a 6-1 lead, kind of take command of that game. 
Yeah, they had uh, seven hits, eight runs. So I mean, that's incredibly efficient, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know how many walks or um, bases given that ECU gave up, but still, eight runs on seven hits. That's that's pretty solid. That's what you want to be getting. From yeah, uh, two RBI singles up the middle by Lily Bishop in the fourth yeah. inning extended NC State's lead to that final score of eight one. In the nightcap game two, though, ECU was still stinging from that defeat. And came out in the first inning and just blasted a three run home one, three run home run in the first inning. To, so the NC State was playing from behind yeah. for that whole game. And yeah, State had to come back. They were down five two, mm-hmm. and um, we had three runs on three hits in the sixth inning, which is the last inning in um, women's softball in the NCAA. So um, in the regular season, they just play to a tie. So that's what it was a five five tie, but. I mean, it's good to see that we didn't um, back down even when we could have just, you know, mailed in the series, say, hey, we won one, we lost one. But yeah. no, nah, nah, we're going to tie this game. Yeah, they <laughs> left the weekend with a win and a tie, and the uh, Pac softball next will play on Saturday when it hosts Georgia Highland in a doubleheader at Dale Stadium. That's right next to the soccer field. All of those places around there on campus is called Dale. The only place that's not is Doak, which is a block over, and that's the baseball field. Right. Speaking of baseball... Pack baseball season is not in uh, in season yet, but they are uh, hosting a exhibition versus Czech Republic on Sunday at two o'clock at Doak Field on campus. Uh, the last time that NC State hosted this exhibition versus Czech Republic was a win, and that was a couple years ago. Uh, their home schedule has been released, and they have series versus for this season. They have series versus Boston College, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UNC Chapel Hill, and Wake Forest but the full schedule is going to be released a little bit later. Yeah, uh, last season we got to our third straight NCAA tournament and our 16th in the last 21 seasons. So, I mean, we have some some good pro players, most notably Trey Turner on the Washington Nationals. Really good player. Right now, really good player. Yeah, he's great at um, running the bases. Uh, but, yeah, we have a solid baseball program. I'm really excited to see them play. They're really close to my dorm, so I'm just going to walk over to the games when I'm bored. Um, but yeah, we have a good baseball program. Excited to see them open ACC play in the spring. Yeah, and we were talking about student athletes with the soccer. Just to briefly go back to softball, um, two PAC softball players were recognized for their academic excellence. Nice. Uh, current sophomore Gina Audrey and uh, former uh, f- uh, graduate Molly Martin have been named to the National Fast Pitch Coaches, Coaches Association All America. Scholar athletes. That's a long thing to say. That is, that's which a, means it's impressive. <laughs> that's a mouthful. And okay, so Audrey uh, last semester to uh, earn this recognition had a three point half. You have to get a three point five GPA or better. Three point yeah. five. That's not 3. like 5. a two point oh three point. That's a three point five. That's, that's a, a solid. That's an A minus. You have to maintain while mm-hmm. being on a sports team. And she is a major in biochemistry which is a difficult major here at NC State. Oh, no doubt, yeah. And was able to maintain that. And Molly Martin graduated in communication, represent, uh, with a 3.84 GPA her senior year, so she also got the award. I mean, I think communication is an underrated major, underappreciated. That's my unbiased opinion as well. Absolutely, yeah, totally unbiased from two radio hosts. (laughs) Communication is a good degree, guys. You have to know how to communicate. Moving on to men's tennis. Yeah, so NC State's Alexa Gallinar became the first Pac-Men's tennis player to get past the quarterfinals. And here's another mouthful, the St. Francis ITA All-American Tennis Championships. And so, historically, the Pac hasn't done as well there, but he got to the quarterfinals, and he's only a sophomore. And he defeated uh, Notre Dame's Alex Lebedev in straight sets, 
to get to the round of eight, but came up short versus UNC Chapel Hills, William Blumberg, who yeah. was an NCAA finalist last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a really good win, honestly, in any time. I mean, not a win. It's a really good match anytime uh, you just, you know, you play well with somebody who's ranked number five in the country, especially a rival from UNC. But, I mean, Gallardo, he's ranked 43, and he didn't drop a set. He beat number 21, Wayne Montgomery from Georgia, and Majed Kalani of Tulsa. So um, getting into the quarterfinals, he automatically gets a bid to the 2017 Oracle ITA National Fall Championships which are going to be played November 1st through 5th in Indian Wells, California. Yeah, and uh, a, a quote from the coach was, I'm proud of Alexis because not only did he advance to the final eight, he also implemented a lot of stuff we've been working on this fall. He showed he can be among the nation's elite players already, and there are still plenty of areas for improvement. Yeah, so moving on to women's tennis. Yeah, um, we have a duo. They're ranked number 26 in the country. Uh Claudia Wiktorin and Anna Rogers. They became only the second doubles tandem in program history to qualify for the main draw at the ITA Women's All-American Championships, which is very impressive. Um, they defeated um, number 16, Fat- Fatima Bizukova and Gabriela Porabin of Wichita State. And then um, they also won their e- evening match over the number four pairing, Jada Hart and Aina Shibahara of UCLA. Yeah, to get an upset versus a top five duo, that that's pretty big. It's very, it, it's very big, honestly. And just um, qualifying for those All American Championships—that's um, a large achievement for uh, a packed tennis program that doesn't have a, a lot of history. Yeah, but unfortunately, the next day in the quarterfinals, they fell to uh, Duke's number twenty-five duo of Hamlin and McCarthy. Uh, assistant coach uh, David Secker said, overall, a productive tournament early in the season to go up against the best in college tennis was encouraging to see where we are and what we need to address as we come home to the practice course to prepare for regionals. So the regionals are the Carolina regionals, and they are going to be played in Chapel Hill October 19th through 23rd. Beat UNC. Beat UNC. We do beat UNC quite often, John, and I am always excited. I don't care what sport it is. Any sport but basketball. Well, we're going to beat them in basketball. (laughs) I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Omer Yurtseven is going to have a really good year Speaking of basketball, they actually started practice last week, Mm -hmm. like official practice. So um, teams, you know, getting workouts in a little early. Um, I've seen some of the videos. You know, we're looking strong. We're looking like we have a really deep team this year, which I'm excited for. Yeah, we'll be able a lot to, of guard depth. Yeah, because Kevin Keats really likes to run his players. I've uh, I had a class with Lenar Freeman last semester, and I asked him what he thought of Keats, and he was he was really excited for the new system. He and, says he likes to run. Yeah, a yeah. lot, a lot of running. So yeah. the depth will be important. I think there. I think Markel Johnson's going to thrive. Uh, just to go off on a tangent here in this running system because he's such he's only six foot one, I believe, but he's so explosive. Honestly, I think so much fun to watch. He was just overshadowed by Dennis last year, which I mean, yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't be, but, um, I think Markel Johnson's going to be the unsung hero, maybe even the MVP for this team this year. I'm really excited to see him. Kevin. And we still have a boo. So yeah, absolutely. We're going to be good. So moving on back to those non-revenue sports, man, we have, I have a lot of fun talking sports on here. We just so much fun. This is so much fun. Thank you for listening. (laughs) All right, so uh, we talked about rifle a little bit last week. Um, NC State rifle team uh, won their first conference uh, game match. They won their first conference match of the year. That is the Greater American Rifle Conference. So there's not ACC, SEC. There's a, and they just take all the best teams in rifle and they put them all in one conference. 
Uh, they beat number 11 Memphis, but they came up short versus number three Murray State. Moving on. It's always wild how like um, the colleges that are, are good at rifle, you know? Murray because State. It's, it's Yeah, Murray State. Like they're not a powerhouse in really any other sport that I can think of. But they're are they, a powerhouse are, aren't in they rifle. in Tennessee? I think Murray. Yeah, Murray, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, I remember they had one good basketball player a few years ago, Isaiah Canaan. But he's the guy that dances with uh, Russell Westbrook. Am I? Am I? No, that's that... Cameron Payne. Okay, but you're thinking you're on the right track. Payne was a he was a small school yeah. guy. Isaiah Canaan was drafted by the Bulls, I believe. Okay, yeah. Moving on, wrestling. That's irrelevant. <laughs> this is kind of wrestling. It's it's martial arts to be exact. Former pack wrestler Darian Caldwell won an MMA title, and was crowned the Bellador Bantamweight champion last Friday. Yeah, he won the national championship and Dan Hodges trophy in 2009 for NC State. He's uh, 10 for 11 in his MMA fights right now, which is pretty impressive. So just a little background, Bellador is a mixed martial arts company, and they were founded back in 08. They have, quote, the toughest tournament in sports, which is a single elimination format that awards either the winner of an eight-person or four-person tournament. And when you win that, you get a check for a hundred grand, which is always nice. And then you get a matchup with a defending uh, weight class champion, depending on your weight class. Yes, Caldwell uh, defeated the defending champion Eduardo Dantes with unanimous decision with scores of 48-47, 48-47, and 50-45. Originally, he was scheduled to fight Dantes in April but had an injury, and that delayed the fight 10 months, which gave uh, Darian a 300-day rest in between fights. Wow. So Yeah, that's that's a lucky break, but, I mean, if you win, you win. You yeah, know, that's, rest is That's huge. how fighting works. Especially yeah. stuff like MMA, like the real fighting. We're not oh, talking about boxing. Those yeah. where the real fighting. No are disrespect at. to boxing, but MMA is much harder on your body. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. And a quote from Darian. He said, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens at God's speed. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Darian Caldwell is the belater bantamweight champion. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. That's his quote. You know what else has a nice quote. ring to it? What? Volleyball being 6-0 and in the ACC. That is a really nice ring to it. Yeah, 11-6 overall. I mean, we started 0-5, so we're 11 for our last 12. Yeah, volleyball has been killing it. Absolutely. And they play quite often over at Reynolds Coliseum. You should absolutely go see them play. Yes, very close to campus. So on Friday... <laughs> The uh, Wolfpack hosted Wake Forest and uh, swept them. Didn't drop a set, three to nothing, in scores of thirty-two thirty, twenty-five eighteen, twenty-five eighteen. Yeah, the thirty-two thirty set is. I mean, I don't know how many volleyball games you all um, that are listening have been to, but when a set goes past twenty-five and it's still that close, it's really exciting. Yeah, so. and win by two. Yeah, yeah, especially when you win a set on the road like that. It's just. It really demoralizes the opponent, as you can see yeah. in the and other two sets. In that set, NC State rallied from a four-point deficit and fought off two Wake Forest set-point opportunities yeah. to get that 32-30. And that kind of, like you said, demoralized Wake Forest, and we were able to win each set handily after that. Yeah. Julia Brown and Tenny Sopitan, they both had double-digit kills with 12 and 11, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been killing it all season long. Julia like Brown's been killing there. it for her yeah, that's a pun intended. Yeah, uh, I like that. Julia Brown's been killing it for her whole career. Over a thousand times. Yes, Caitlin over a thousand Kearney times. Caitlin Kearney had eight kills as well, but she had six blocks stuffing that Wake Forest offense like the steel curtain from the Steelers back in the day. She yep. was really good. Also, and we hosted Duke on Sunday. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? They didn't drop a set. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't have we dropped a set in ACC play? Have not dropped a set in the month of October. Wow, that's so impressive to me, honestly. I mean, they won three nothing. Obviously, not dropping the set. Twenty five, twenty three, twenty seven, twenty five, and twenty five, eighteen. Yeah, those are, those are close scores. So NC State volleyball has been coming through when the pressure's on, and they yeah. haven't been dropping sets. I remember we lost to Duke last year, so it's just showing like our team has absolutely improved since last season. Mm-hmm. Julia Brown, again, was killing it. Had 16 kills. Bree Bailey had 11. Uh, Kearney and Sopitan each had 9, and Kearney, again, got 5 more blocks. First time since 2000 that we swept Duke. Yeah, and uh, second-year coach Linda Hampton-Keith is 2-0 versus Duke, so maybe that loss was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking of. You're right. I'm sorry. So, with the victory on Sunday, NC State has won 7 straight games, and 11 of their last 12, like we talked about, after starting the season, 0-5. And like I've said, every time we bring this back up, you were definitely had faith in the Wolf Pack. Absolutely. They, we were Absolutely. talking about them when they were 0-5, and, and I kind of lost faith a little bit. I knew we were going to be good. I knew it. It's NC State, man. It's yeah, always good. It's NC State. We're but... the best in the state, including volleyball, because we're 5-0 and versus the other teams in the state. Oh, yeah. Wins over Duke, UNC Chapel Hill, Wake Forest, UNC Wilmington, and High Point. And like, again, they haven't dropped a set in the month of October. Mm-hmm. That is really, really impressive. And uh, some notes from their, uh, they moved up in the rankings, the RPI. They moved up to number 34. and But they've had a tough schedule, like we talked about before. So oh, they, yeah. A good amount of opponents they've played in the top 60 in volleyball. Yeah, we played uh, number two, Florida, number 12, Kansas. They were ranked eighth at the time. We played them twice. And lost uh, both times. Number 21, Auburn, and number 33, Notre Dame. Who, those were the five They're losses. actually not in the ACC in volleyball. Yeah, those were the five losses to open the also, season. Also Michigan. Yeah, we lost yes. Michigan. That's the only loss in the last 12. Those are our had. only six losses. All six of our losses come to teams ranked in the top 36. Yeah. So basically NCAA tournament teams. Yeah, when we have four wins over top 60 teams. So we're four and six versus the top 60, which is really good. But that brings me to one of my favorite parts of this show. Absolutely. Is the weekly trivia question. John, what's this week's trivia question? Our trivia question for this week. Who is the NC State record holder for receptions in a single season? Oh, I know this one, John. Oh, I think I do too. Someone on our team this year is uh, coming close to potentially breaking that record. Who is it? Oh my goodness, I can't think of it. And we're definitely going to discuss that after we take this break. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit us up on Twitter. What's that handle, John? The Twitter handle, at PackIsLifeNCSU. Answer the question, and we will shout you out on our show. We are going to talk some NC State football. Oh, that yeah. Huge win over Louisville. Mm-hmm. Man, yes. I We <laughs> had a one of the biggest wins in program history versus Louisville on national television versus a ranked opponent. Yeah, and I think the best thing about this win is that we got more coming. You know, in the past, every time NC State has a really big win in football— it's been in a season where, you know, we don't really have that high of aspirations. Yep. Like we beat Florida State a few years ago and we were like, Oh yes, that's all I wanted from this season. <laughs> uh last year, if we had beaten Clemson, it would have been the same way. This year we're five and one. Mm-hmm. We just beat a nationally ranked team on national television. Got where the whole country out was watching. By national like great announcers who absolutely loved us. I watched the replay of the game and I mean, I'm just so excited. I really That's something am. I don't like about college football is how dependent it is on your press coverage as to how highly you're rated. It's the yes. same reason USC, Texas, is in Tennessee. I don't know why Tennessee is always in the preseason top 25 because every year they disappoint. 
but it's because they have the most fans in their yeah, stadium. The the <laughs> announcers talk about it to get because pe- the listeners there's more fans. There's and so then, many Tennessee fans in this country. It's <laughs> almost in college football. It's prove to us you're bad, and versus the teams that don't get talked about, like say Washington State's in the right. top ten. NC State now. I really wish they wouldn't do preseason rankings and that they would rank them after six weeks. Like the college football playoff. Exactly, yes. So if we didn't do AP rankings right now, I think State would be a top 15 team, maybe even top 10. Yeah, much higher for sure. Yeah, but because the AP rankings and that you come in through the back, like at the... Got to work your way up. Yeah, you got to work your way up. So they, uh, let's see, there's... Some teams in the country, there's Georgia has multiple te- wins over ranked teams and NC State. And, and Clemson. And Clemson. Yes. And, of course, Clemson might be the best team in the country. So that's a situation where where there are no preseason polls and these biases towards these big market teams, NC State might be ranked much higher. I think Clemson is the best team in the country, whether we beat them or not. Even if we beat them, I still think they're the best team, but... I mean, we got Pittsburgh coming up this Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's a 12 p.m. kickoff, and then possible we have a trap game. I'm just possible saying. trap game. Yes, but I mean, I I don't think we're gonna get caught up in all that. I think I think we're gonna be all right. But back to Louisville. Yes, you were at the game. Oh my goodness, what was that like? That was probably the best. Okay, it was absolutely the most exciting sporting event I've ever been to, and I've been to like playoff football games. I've been to NBA basketball games. I've been to really hype college basketball games. Mm-hmm. I've been to a Duke Carolina game. They, this is Why, the most hype, exciting game that I have ever, ever been to. It's the most incredible environment ever. We did a blackout. Everybody wore black. The student section was loud. You could really tell. I mean, the fans felt it. The players felt it. We were matching their uniforms. It was just a good night. Like I knew good things were going to happen going yeah, into that game. Yeah, and good things did happen. They had two receivers go for 100 yards. Naheem Hines had a great game, his second consecutive 100-yard rushing game. He's a beast, man. He is absolutely dominating right now. Not and the only one, either. Is no, Finley now the best quarterback in the ACC? I think Finley is the best quarterback in the ACC. You look at um, Kelly Bryant is a solid quarterback. True but he's freshman, a true though. freshman. Yeah, true freshman. He's made some mistakes. And Clemson um, has a lot of talent, Once again, too. Finley hasn't made any mistakes. I mean, He had a fumble, but that wasn't really his he fault. He had a fumble. I don't think it was his fault. He had an interception against Syracuse that was called back by penalty. And one against Florida State that was called and back one against by Florida. But yeah. still, he hasn't had an interception that counts. And I think that's what sets him apart from all the other ACC quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he, even, he, especially Lamar Jackson. He completes over 70% of his passes. He's incredibly efficient. He's just, he manages the game, but he also will hit a 48-yard touchdown to one of the most underrated receivers in the country, Kelvin Harmon, yes. to really break Louisville I think, did we take a lead on that touchdown? I know it was a huge play. I was listening on we the radio. We didn't trail the whole game. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yes. We haven't trailed in ACC play. That's un- unbelievable. In fact, the last time we trailed was when we trailed Furman 3 to nothing after an opening drive field goal. Yeah, I was really mad about that field goal. I was very <laughs> angry about that field I was, goal. I was angry. But, yeah, we haven't, um, haven't trailed in ACC play. Definitely didn't trail against Louisville. I mean, I think, I think we're starting to see the development of Finley. Where in the past he was a pocket passer, and if the pocket collapsed on him, he was either going to take a sack or throw it away. Now we're seeing Finley; um, he's a threat due to his legs. He had a rushing very touchdown. underrated athlete. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he can. I'm not going to say like sneaky athletic, but he could run for first downs. He can mm-hmm. escape the pocket. He reminds me a lot of, and I mean, obviously this is a very lofty comparison, but Aaron Rodgers. The way that Aaron Rodgers escapes. 
the way that Aaron Rodgers doesn't make mistakes, only runs when he needs per- to, only runs when he needs to, completes a high percentage of his passes. I've I've been seeing that in the ACC play from Ryan Finley. Now he's not throwing that many touchdowns, but he's getting us to the red zone where we're punching it in through our rushing game. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say part of the reason he doesn't get those touchdown passes is because you have a dude like Jalen Samuels and Naheem Hines yeah. and Reggie Gillespie, and we we've been really successful on the goal line just snapping to Samuels. Everyone knows on this side of the Mississippi we're going to run on that play to Samuels, and he still gets in the end zone an incredible percentage of the time. Yes. He's one of two players in the country, by the way, that's actively playing with 15 or more receiving touchdowns and 15 or more rushing touchdowns. We're going to talk a little bit about him, wow. a little bit more about him later. That's unreal to me, honestly. To go back <laughs> to Finley, he was um, he was the ACC Offensive Back of the Week as well as for the second week was named a Manning Star of the Week. Uh, offensive lineman Will Richardson was named the Offensive Lineman of the Week. Oh, our offensive line, by the way, absolutely incredible for this game. They've I been really think, good this season. I didn't see Finley touched, but maybe one or two times yeah, this whole game. Versus a top 25, again, Louisville team. So we're not doing it versus bad teams. We're doing it versus really good teams. Yes. And we talked about them not trailing this season. And what I think that's that's what that's done is allowed us to be able to run the ball, play within our offense. And we haven't had, except for the one game that we lost, we haven't had to play from behind. And what playing from behind does is it makes you play uncomfortable. You're playing out of your comfort zone. You're having to throw it a little like, more aggressively. You're racing against the clock, too. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we're always ahead and we have this really good defense, some really good defensive linemen, one amazing, amazing, amazing defensive lineman that allows us to just, we're always comfortable. And that's Finley. He's always calm, collected, and comfortable. He doesn't throw the interceptions. He knows he has it. Yeah. And so that's why we, we haven't trailed in the ACC. A bit about Bradley Chubb who, by the way, became Lamar Jackson's father on Thursday night. He had three sacks by himself in the first quarter. One particular one, I remember on third down, he uh, Lamar scrambled out of the pocket, and Bradley, he chased him from the other side, chased, ran even with him, and then dove and tripped him up by the ankles. He was short of the first down. It was a huge play because Louisville, I think they scored a field goal on their first drive. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they didn't score at all, but they did get some offense. And it looked like they were going to start moving the ball up and down the field. Jackson's not used to a defensive lineman hanging with him. And I don't think there's any not other. Not many can, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't think there's another one in the country that could. I really I really don't think so. I think Bradley Chubb, he appeared uh, this week on ESPN's Heisman rankings. He was number nine. He received, I mean, he only received one vote, and it was for fifth place. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, people are seriously considering him for Heisman. If he keeps up this kind of play... Maybe even uh, elevates it a little bit, if that's even possible. We could see Bradley Chubb in serious contention, maybe even being a Heisman finalist. Well, I think it's possible for him to up it because of the motor he has. Like you see, a lot of defensive ends that come in with a lot of talent, a lot of speed. He's a lot and like strength. Julius Peppers. Yeah, like really, honestly. But he doesn't quit on plays. Except he doesn't play basketball. <laughs> but I would, I would not want to play basketball with Bradley Chubb, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. I'm just gonna get right out of the way. So back to Finley, he hasn't. He still hasn't thrown an interception. That brings his streak up to 288 consecutive pass attempts without throwing an interception that counted, which is 100 more than the next closest person, which is Jalen Hurts on Alabama, and they don't really throw the ball. Well, they do, but it's that dink and dunk, or they'll just throw the deep ball to their... Uh, I don't remember. They have an All-America receiver down there. I haven't really watched Alabama this year because I know every game they play is going to be 66-3, to like they beat Ole Miss. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure I'll watch them when they play Auburn, go um, War Eagle. But um, 
I don't like Alabama. I always pull against them. Yeah, I mean, you got to pull against Alabama. They're favored every year, so <laughs> everybody so likes to see them. Finley lose. is uh, 91 attempts behind Russell Wilson's NC State and ACC record without interceptions. So all he need, he's been averaging 37 pass attempts a game. So that's still in, that's a lot of passing attempts. Like he's not just doing the Alex Smith of previous years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's Alex doing Smith, the Alex Smith of this year. <laughs> yeah, airing it out, throwing the ball a lot. And so all he has to do, so in three games, if he doesn't throw an interception, he's going to have that record. We talked about this either last week or a couple weeks ago. The NCAA record is held by Colby Cameron of Louisiana Tech with 444 consecutive passes. I think that Finley has a shot at that. So Chubb and Samuels were also named to the midseason first team All-America on ESPN. So that's some national acknowledgement for those players. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows how deep this team is, and not necessarily by position, mm-hmm. but by um, just the dynamic players that we have. Usually, if a team's rising like this, uh, it's going to be because of their quarterback. And it has been because of our quarterback, but, I mean, he's got plenty of help. We have- yeah. Samuels was named to the Belikanoff watch list, which is their award given to the top receiver in the country. Right. And it's anyone who catches a pass is eligible for the award. So running yes. backs, fullbacks, tight ends. And like we talked about earlier, he is the only active player in the nation with 15 career rushing and passing touchdowns at least. The thing about Jalen Samuels, sorry to interrupt you real quick, but he doesn't get a lot of yardage, but Mm -hmm. he's throwing to him is basically like a handoff, but it's five yards down the field. Mm -hmm. If he gets four yards per catch and you do that three times, that's the first down every time. I think, And he can take it for a lot as we saw versus Exactly, yes. He had like... I forget how long that play was, but it, was it, like it felt 80, like 200 it like 70 yards. Or 80 yards, yeah. <laughs> it was 70 or 80 yards, almost scored. Uh, we actually got a field goal on that drive, but it was still really exciting. But he can take yard, he can take catches 70 yards, and mm-hmm. he can also have that five yard insurance policy. And I think that's what that's what's so great about having Jalen Samuel on this yeah, team. I think he made a lot of money because there were 43 NFL scouts at that game. I don't. Maybe they were watching Bradley Chubb. Maybe I think they, they were watching, watching Chubb Finley. And Jalen Samuels. Yeah, so Hines had a great game. Kelvin Harmon, a, too. Yeah, Kelvin Harmon. We've been talking about him AJ for a Bowie, long time. AJ Contavious Street, all those guys. Yeah, they, they had a really game. So Samuels has 50 receptions on the season, averaging 8.3 per game, which brings us to the single-season record, which was our trivia question earlier. Yes. Which is held by, drumroll, none other than... Former Rams receiver Torrey Holt. Hall of Fame NFL receiver, if I'm not mistaken. He also holds the record for most career receptions in an NC State uniform, which Jalen Samuels also is in the running for. Is in the running for, absolutely. I think he needs to average six receptions per game Mm -hmm. to break the single-season record. A little bit less than that. He's A little bit less than that to break the career record by the time uh, the season's over, because this is his senior season, but... Yeah, that's that's, that's so sad. That's so sad. It's I saw uh, someone at uh, not this last game, but the game before that that I went to. There was a lady that had a J Sam tank top on, like it was a cotton shirt, but it just I said J Sam. I want it. I, I wanted the shirt. <laughs> that he's when he's in the NFL, he's just gonna be known as J Sam. Speaking of the NFL, mm-hmm. let's talk some Panthers, Benjamin. What what do you think of Sunday's game? I'll tell you what. I thought it was a probably a better win than the New England game. Really? If you take away the names of the team and the quarterbacks. I thought, obviously, New England's defense wasn't good. They're, in fact, very, very bad. And Cam Newton got on track versus a very, very bad defense. And you thought, is that a flash in the pan? I thought it wasn't just because of how accurate he was. And to start exactly. the season, he hasn't been accurate. That was his first healthy week of practice before that game. So now he is back to... 
2015 Cam Newton, in my opinion, he was spot on dropping dimes like a broken payphone versus <laughs> the Lions. He had a couple of drops by the receivers, but that Cam Newton is playing amazing. And part of that is the offensive line. Pro Fo- I saw an article, Pro Football Focus has the Panthers as set playing the second best as any O-line in the NFL. Yeah, they actually ranked Daryl Williams as the number one right tackle in the Whoa. league based on last week's game. Based so, on, based oh. on, yeah, based on last week's performance, he was the number one rated right tackle in the league. Cam had plenty of time to throw all game. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what happens when you give him time to throw. He I think, can set his feet and be accurate with the ball. Exactly. He doesn't always have to set his feet, though, because my favorite play from Sunday was a third and one where yes. we ran a bootleg. And uh, Cam rolled out looking like he was going to throw. Ed Dixon slipped right behind the defense. Cam threw it about to the ceiling as soft as he could. Yep. Hit Dixon right in the breadbasket. Took it down to the 10-yard line, I think. Yeah, but that was... Ed yeah. Dixon, man. He had a great game. Came out game. of nowhere. I mean, I knew... I always figured we weren't utilizing him enough because we have Olsen. But 100 and... I think it was... 178 yards. 178 yards. That comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I don't care who you are. Even Steve Smith, that's an incredible game. Um, Didn't break Olsen's record. Though. Cam was Olsen joking in the press conference. Game. Yeah, <laughs> Olsen said decent game. He was, I think, four yards away from yeah, Olsen's four record. Or six. Yeah. Four or six, something like that. But um, Cam said that Olsen, he was joking that Olsen like, had already removed his cast, had his cleats on, ready to go, because Dixon was coming for his job. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but... I mean, we'll take what we can get from Ed Dixon. That's an awesome game. He's known as a blocking tight end, which I think contributed to how open the he got. The year before he came to Carolina, I think he had 50-something receptions for yeah, Baltimore. For, so yeah, he, he's a good tight in end. In his past, he's shown he's a capable pass catcher. We just have Olsen, who's one of the best in the NFL, and right. the best ever to play the position. He's very sure-handed, too. I remember even um, last year and the year before, he caught a lot of touchdowns in the red zone. Like, mm-hmm. not a down-the-field target I think one year he That's had... That's what surprised me, was the stiff yes, arms on yeah, the first he, big play. His long receptions were like just stunning. I was listening on the radio for the first one, and Mick Mixon was kind of at a loss for words. And I was like, what happened? And then he's like, Ed Dixon just took the ball down the field. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's surprising. I always love listening to those Panthers guys. Mick Mixon is what made me want to go into radio. Eugene makes it so exciting. Yeah. I, I, love, I just love this guy. I love the Panthers radio. But. So... We have a game coming up versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Another good team. On Thursday Night Football, one of two 4-1 and teams in addition to the Panthers in the NFC. This will be our third straight matchup against a team with one loss. Yep. And the last two, we've given them the se- their second loss. I fully expect the same thing tonight. I don't, fully, uh, night. I don't fully expect the same, but I'm really optimistic about our chances. I know Lane Johnson, the left tackle for the Eagles, is actually going to be out. And in my opinion, he's the best left tackle in football. They really better don't than, have a backup. Wasn't Jason Peters the tackle? Better in? than Jason Peters. He's the high as of last the last two Johnson's weeks. Johnson's the right tackle, there. hasn't he? Is he the right tackle? Yeah, Peters is the left. Okay. Johnson's okay. the right. He was he's a high best. pick out of Oklahoma like a few years I ago. I apologize for that. Uh yeah, Lane Johnson's the right tackle. He's gonna be out. They don't really have a replacement for him. And I'm looking for Julius Peppers, especially on third down, to eat. Yes. I mean, I'm looking for two and a half, maybe three sacks, all on third down, just from Julius Peppers alone. Kawan Short getting penetration in the middle. I think it's going to be a long night for Carson Wentz, who has had good games. Yeah, Carson Wentz has shown to be a very capable NFL quarterback. He threw four touchdowns last week in a Philadelphia win. I'm with you. I think that this Panthers defense 
is really good. The, the as long as we keep it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the improvement we've seen out of players like Shaq Thompson and the and James Bradbury. Yeah, we has lost, turned into a we shutdown lost Kurt corner. Coleman too mm-hmm. and signed uh, Jairus Bird. Colin um, Colin Jones stepped up. Like I'm, re- I'm really optimistic. So yeah. score predictions. I'm not going to give an exact prediction, okay. but I do think this. I think the Panthers' offense will get over 30 points. I don't know what the Philly offense okay. will do. I'm tr- I'm drawing a blank on who their running back is. I know that- uh, Sproles is out for the season. Wendell Smallwood is hurt, so I think it's going to be Kenyon Barner getting the start. That was a guy we cut. A guy? He, no, he, we actually traded him to the Eagles. I think yeah, he, he was a sixth round pick. He was a sixth round pick out of Oregon. We traded him for a sixth round pick. <laughs> oh yeah. Is, which what is goes essentially, around, comes around. I think we used that pick. No, it wasn't on Butker because he was a seventh round pick. Butker's on starting for Kansas City at kicker. Yeah, and so I th- I think the pa- I think the Panthers are going to win that game versus the Eagles, and it's going to be on CBS, which means I get to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't pay for cable television. Exciting. Anyway, so that was the NFL. We still have to pick time. Yes, yes. I'm liking this segment a lot more than I have in previous weeks. Do you know why I'm liking this segment? Better, yeah, I John? know you're four and zero in the last two weeks. Exactly. Um, I'm I'm six and four. Benjamin seven and three. Which means but, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm I ahead. Still, I still have a winning Top record. Dog. I still have a winning Leader record. Leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. The best one. You name it, that's me. In the me. clubhouse? Yeah. Leader clubhouse in the clubhouse means season's finished. No, leader in the clubhouse. I just If that's not a term, I just made it up. I'm, it's a golf term. It means when you finished your fourth round and you're leading, but there's still players behind you who haven't yet finished. All right, well. Educate yourself. I'm that. I'm <laughs> I'm the top dog right now. I'm 7-3. It's For not going to last. For starters, though. I want to hear your upset pick because you've picked it right the last two weeks. Yeah, I think I had the Jaguars last week, which I wasn't confident on, but obviously that defense. Yeah, and I I said you were wrong, and I fully take responsibility for that. It's okay. I'm going to be wrong again at some point, and you'll be right. So my upset pick is, I think, going to surprise you. It's the Steelers are going to defeat the Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The Chiefs are 5-0. They're undefeated. Ben Roethlisberger has said, I'm "I'm not good anymore. uh, Why is that? Inspire confidence. Because it's Ben Roethlisberger. No. And it's Antonio Brown and it's Le'Veon Bell. And it's the Chiefs. They still have all the... Well, the Chiefs are due, I think, for a loss. Yeah, they I think, said that about the Panthers, and we didn't lose till week 16. Yeah, but they don't have Cam Newton. Yeah, but, but they have uh, Kareem Hunt. I know, and Kareem Hunt's been going down in production every no, week. No, he's gotten over 100 yards from scrimmage every single week. He just hasn't... They've just been giving the red zone the the ball on the one yard line to Sharkandrick West, which surprises me to save his durability too. Anyway, the Steelers are going to defeat the Chiefs. Okay, that's my upset. Okay, all right. What's your upset? Um, I'm gonna say that the Jaguars over the Rams, and I don't know if that's really an upset after last week. They got two pick sixes off uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who just played an awful game. But then again, that could be due to Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie, two of the best cornerbacks in the game. Yeah. Bowie surprised me. He, yeah. I saw a rating where he's like the third best guy in the NFL. Based yeah, on and Ramsey's ratings. like seven, top ten, something like that. Ramsey's a rookie, right? Or is he a second he's year? He's a second year out of Florida State. But, um, yeah, I'm looking for the Jaguars to get another win. Uh, for yeah, net. the Rams had the top-scoring offense and were just absolutely shut down by the Seahawks' defense. So right. I, I can't yeah. disagree with that. 
my lock of the week, the one I guarantee 100% will absolutely happen, is the Houston Texans are going to beat the wow. Cleveland Browns. Hot take. The Browns losing. Yeah, I know. It's you very played controversial. It safe this week. <laughs> I, I was looking at the schedule. There's so many bad quarterbacks playing each other. I didn't know where to go. So Deshaun I'm, Watson's not a bad quarterback. That's why I picked Deshaun oh, Watson. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Deshaun Kaiser lost the starting job. Kevin Hogan, yeah. Yeah. I like Co- Hogan. His They need like, to sign Chris year. Hogan so you can have a Hogan, Hogan and Hogan touchdown. Hogan's heroes. That was a good show. So the Texans are going to beat the Browns. That's my lock of the week. What what win can you guarantee me? Falcons over the Dolphins. Falcons are coming off a bye. They're but you like their... Jay Cutler. What? Jay Cutler's your guy. I like him, but I think he's a terrible quarterback. There's a little <laughs> cognitive dissonance there, man. Like, come on. You don't man. have to like guys that you think are... You don't have to think guys are good that you like. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to guarantee a Falcons win. They're coming off a bye. They got uh, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu healthy. And they're looking up in the division at the Panthers, so I think that's maybe a As little extra motivation. That will continue, I guarantee yeah. you. All right, so fantasy football. Uh, my, last week, I think my must-start was Chris Hogan. He had a decent week, probably better than expected, so I'll give myself like a half pat on the back there. Okay, yeah. He got a touchdown. Pick. My must-sit was Ben Roethlisberger, and he threw five interceptions. Good call. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a lucky, as is anything with fantasy football, it's really lucky because I saw Matthew Berry saying right before the game, he's like, Feel confident in starting Ben Roethlisberger versus this Jacksonville defense, Ooh. and I'm just like, okay, all How right. Does he have a job and we don't? Yeah, exactly. I should be doing his job because let me tell you, John, this is the guy that's going to have a huge a bold, week. Bold statement. Huge week. Okay. John Brown on the Arizona Cardinals is going to have a huge week. Who are the Cardinals playing again? Uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. And I'm telling you, hmm. just the gods have told me that John Brown is going to have a huge week. I don't know who your sources are, John, but who is going to your must-start? Who's going to have a huge week? My sources are um, common sense. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Very creative. I'm going to start... I'm going to say start Keenan Allen against the Raiders because they gave up 30 points and a bunch of big plays to Mike Wallace and the Ravens this mm-hmm. past weekend. And I'm not sure if Derek Carr is going to be starting anyway, so the Chargers might have the ball a lot more than they know what to do with. I so. almost picked the Chargers as my upset, but I didn't think that was bold enough. That's I, why the Steelers are going to win. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, so who's your must-sit? Carson Wentz. I'm, I'm mm. going homer on this one. I really think that yeah. the loss of Lane Johnson is going to be a big deal. And playing the Panthers is going to be a big deal. We're, our defense has been good for the last few years. We lost McDermott, who's doing well in Buffalo. But our defense has always been confusing, especially to young quarterbacks. They don't yeah. fare well yeah. against us. I think Keekly gets a... An interception, maybe a touchdown in this game. I'm excited. I always love watching. What about you? What's your must sit? My must sit is Alex Smith, man. Okay. I'm going to do, okay, so I'm following the same pattern. Last week I got it right. I said you got to sit Roethlisberger and the Steelers were going to lose. I'm saying you got to sit Alex Smith and the Steelers are going to win. Chiefs are going to lose. You got to sit Alex Smith. Okay. Steelers allow the second least points to quarterbacks in the NFL in fantasy, and that's second only to the Jaguars. So sit Alex Smith. All right. So the Hornets preseason is going on right now. Yeah, we play the Celtics tonight at 7 on ESPN, so that's on national television. We're not on national television that often, so if you get a chance, tune in. Watch Malik Monk, Dwayne Bacon, uh, our rookies, making their starts. I'm so glad Bacon is on this team. I yeah. think, I don't remember. We drafted someone else in the second round and then traded for Bacon. We drafted Frank Jackson out of Duke yeah, and then I traded like him to New all. Orleans. Yeah, I, I actually kind of liked that pick, but, I mean, Dwayne Bacon's. I'm, I'm glad we got him. He's a yeah, good player. Yeah, also because we can just— yeah. Think about bacon every time you watch the the Charlotte Hornets. Moving on to baseball for the last five minutes, uh, running out of time, but the MLB playoffs yep, are yep. going on right You're now. You're really big on that. Uh, right now the uh, Nationals are playing the Cubs, and you've been checking that a telephone yes. while you're wearing the Cub hat. 
in a Cubs jersey. Yeah, I'm wearing my Rizzo jersey. Um, we lead the series two to one right now. Um, I'm looking at the score right now. The Nationals are leading one to nothing uh, through four innings. Uh, Lackey's only given up two hits. So I mean, solid. We just need a few more, little more offense. But Trey I'm, Turner scored for the Nationals. Trey Turner scored. Yeah, out of NC State, he scored for the Nationals off of uh, a single from Zimmerman. Um, I'm pretty sure he stole second base. Why are you wearing all the Cubs gear, John? Because I'm a Cubs fan. No, you told me before the show. I'm not a Mavericks fan, but I might get a Dennis Smith jersey. No, the the superstition. Oh, yeah. The Cubs always win when I watch them play and I wear my Rizzo jersey. So I need to go watch them after this. So before last year, you never watched them play with a Rizzo jersey on? Oh, you got it because it says World Series on it. It says World Series champs. Yeah, I had a shirt for a while. And this hat I've had for a little bit, but uh, I got a jersey because it has the patch on it. World yeah, Series so you've champs. been watching them on the phone, and now you have the jersey, so the Cubs are going to win. Yeah, I, so I by, predict a win. By that logic, they shouldn't lose another game in the postseason. Hopefully not. Unless, of course, you mess it up, John, and don't watch them play wearing your Rizzo jersey. Okay. The pressure's on, John. Sure. <laughs> I'd, I'd say the, the pressure's on uh, the Indians right now. Cleveland? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. Cleveland. The series is tied at two against the Yankees. They were up 2 nothing. The Yankees won 2 at home. They got the momentum right now, even though Game 5 for the series is in Cleveland. I really hope Cleveland wins because, I mean, I'd love to see a World Series rematch, but I think the Yankees are going to take this one. I really do. I don't follow baseball that closely until the World Series. I know Aaron Judge has had a huge year for New York, and I know Cleveland won a lot of games in a row. I think, was it 28 or they won 22 yeah. in a row or something 22 like that. 22 in a row, yeah. And then 28 of 30. It's a great pitching matchup. I mean, you got uh, Corey Kluber and CC Sabathia um, going up. That's the, the best pitchers for both teams. I mean, if the Yankees win in Cleveland against Corey Kluber, then they absolutely deserve this series. No question I about it. I hope the Indians win because I don't like the Yankees the same reason I don't Nobody like Alabama. The Yankees. Yeah, exactly. They have 26 championships. I also don't like the Red Sox Spread either. the wealth. Just because like Red Sox fans are pretty obnoxious. Speaking Although of I, the Red Sox, they got swept and their manager yes, got I'm fired happy. all in the span of three days. I saw that headline. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, the Dodgers, you, you're a World Series champ that you predicted. Uh, they swept the Diamondbacks. Yes. Three to nothing. Yeah, I, I'm scared. If the Cubs advance against the Nationals, we're going to have to play the Dodgers. I mean, I'm confident that the Cubs can beat them. But the way Yaziel Puig, um, all of them, they're playing right now, unreal. Honestly. I just I just like the name Yaziel Puig. Yeah, Puig. It's just it's one of those words. Okay, so as we're closing out the show, I I I had a great time. This was a blast, John. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We got in some baseball and even mentioned the Hornets, uh, Buzz City. Um, I'm all about the hashtag Buzz City. I can't wait for the NBA basketball season to start. I'm I'm excited for the Jumpman jerseys. Yes, yeah, because yes. I'm I'm gonna get a Malik Monk jersey. Um, I think he's going to be good. He scored 19 points on 22 shots the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to be really good. 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 We didn't get a chance to talk about it in depth, but the Pack is playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a bad pass defense, and so I'm expecting the Wolf Pack to take advantage and get that W. Yes. Carolina Panthers are playing. And then we, and then we have a bye week after that. Nice, yeah. nice. Panthers mm-hmm. are playing the Eagles on Thursday Night Football on CBS. you got to make time out of your week to watch that. We've got a lot of <laughs> events going on, campus, uh, volleyball, and other things. Appreciate you listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Hopefully we made your day a little bit better. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm John Hinton. This was Packers Life Sports Show, and we'll be right back here next week. See you then.